0: Pitching in person is critical because passion and establishing trust are generally more important than your ideas. This is Rev Thinking, the conversation between creative entrepreneurs who know the best way to deal with the future is to create it. I'm Joel Pilger. Let's welcome everybody. You are in the right place. This is a live conversation between myself, Joel Pilger, and my colleague and business partner, Tim Thompson. We both uh, are consultants uh, at RevThink and we're going to be talking about pitching specifically. It's not what you pitch. It's how Tim, you know, this, like, you know, I love the sales game, the sales conversation, but pitching specifically is definitely a hot, hot
1: topic. I'd love to talk about. Well, it's where the rubber hits the road, right? It's where we're you're finally sitting in front of a client with something specific to say, And it's in a lot of uh, our opportunities, it's the pick me moment. It feels like when you're campaigning for the prom king or prom queen, this is the moment where they're voting for you. So it feels like a lot of pressure and a lot of uh, buildup to it. Um, I also feel like the loss of a pitch hurts so much that people, there was a magic trick to it. You should learn it so you don't feel the losses often.
0: Yes, of course. Well, um, Tim, give us a little bit uh, for folks here. A little bit of just the practical, how are we, are we going to go through this conversation? What do they need to know about how we're going to run this room?
1: Sure. Yeah, of course, Just start off again, my name is Tim Thompson. I'm the founder of RevThink. We're a consultancy that helps the creative entrepreneur thrive in business, life, and career. So our setup really is, is to take the information that we learn, and we've been learning over the last few decades, pay that forward, and give everyone an understanding of how to be successful in this creative career. Uh, Joel and I have met a few years ago, we've been business partners ever since, and uh, we really dedicate a lot of time, our time and effort into this these conversations. So if you'd like to know more, RevThink.com is our website. We have a podcast, Rev Thinking, um, and I see some faces in here that are part of our Rev community at community.revthink.com where you know, if you're a business owner and not to, to be part of a community of other business owners, we'd love to have you in
0: that segment. Yeah. How cool is that? Welcome. Yeah. Yeah. And Um, I'll add a little, I'll add a little color, Tim, too, just for people who wonder like, okay, wait, who do you, who do you guys work with? Our, our clients, our peers, our colleagues are owners. So these are business owners that run studios, production companies, creative agencies, uh, sound design, animation, motion, these types of companies. So some of the familiar names that people might recognize are, Companies like State Design and uh, Ant Food, Big Star, Giant Ant, Laundry, some of those kinds of companies. So if that helps, gives you give you some some context. And I know there's a lot of freelancers here uh, in this space, so we of course welcome you here. You guys are like in a business of one, uh, but you probably work <laughs> with you probably work with some of our clients. They might be your clients uh, as well.
1: Um, so for, for our next conversation, I'm actually we're just going to start off and talk about the how to pitch successfully. Um, If you do have questions, I'm encouraging you to put them in sooner than later. We do have a hard out at the top of the hour, six o'clock my time, nine o'clock if you're on the East Coast or wherever you are in the world. So feel free to just jump in. If you don't want to join us on stage, which you're more than welcome to ask the question live, you can just direct message me. I'm the easiest one because Joel's going to do most of the talking here. Uh, Click on our face. There's an opportunity to to message us there and just throw your question in there. I'll read those off as we go along. But, Joel, let's, let's start off just the overall topic. I, we're both fans of Simon Sinek, and the uh, start with why is obviously where we would usually start when talking about pitching. But we're going to get into the very practical elements of pitching yes. and not get to really the deep dive of, you know, what, what some of those, like, techniques might be of get to, getting to the why. But tell me, let's just start off, like, how did you choose this topic? Why do you think it's relevant to the conversation we're having tonight?
0: Well, kudos to uh, Becky and Rachel, the, the folks behind the scenes here at Fishbowl, because uh, they saw this was a topic that I've spoken on and that's been part of our community. And they said, hey, we think this would be really relevant. Um, I'll say this. We are, all of us, no matter what career you're, we're in, we are in the business of trying to create alignment with colleagues, with a boss, with a client called, I'm trying to sell something, I'm trying to convince somebody something, right? And we call this pitching. And what I learned when I was running a studio of my own, back in the day, was that doing that well versus doing that not so well was absolutely a game changer. And, and I think of it this way. Um, one of my coaches, Dan Sullivan, he, he, he taught me this, he said, Joel, your career." is gonna be defined by a few meetings. He said, I bet if I sat down with you and asked you, tell me the major inflection points of your career, you're gonna basically tell me about very few meetings. It was an interview, it was an interaction, it was a pitch, and those were the moments where your total, your career completely changed. And so I thought, wow, that, that's, I think that's true. And if that is true, maybe we need to put some serious attention and energy into how do we pitch? So there's a myth too, right? That, well, a good pitch is all about the what, the stuff, the content. So when you have your meeting, I'm gonna show my big idea or I'm gonna put forth that beautiful resume or I'm gonna show that amazing showreel and get the job. And if you've been in business for a while, you start to learn this very bitter truth called, it's not about the idea. It's partially about the idea. It's partially about the thing, the what, but there's also, like you said, Tim, there's the why, but there's a how as well. How you have that conversation, how you do that presentation, how, 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 how. And that is sometimes ironically more important than the what. So that's what I thought would be fun to talk about here is let's get really practical and let's just pretend. So Tim, you and I can can do this. Maybe we can we can pick a uh, willing accomplice, yeah. but let's just kind of pretend like we've got you know we're we're pitching a big idea to maybe a prospective client and we're going to go in and have a conversation, a meeting, what have you. Okay, uh, how do we do this to set ourselves up to be successful?
1: let's divide this this conversation um, in this hour into two general places one let's let's talk about five areas that we about that we had pre outlined here that mm-hmm. we could just give a summary let people write down these bullet points um, so they they know where we're going to go with each of each of the um, encouragements that we have in there and then yeah. I like the idea of opening it up Answering questions and maybe even doing some role playing at the end here, so that we can put these into practice together. Um, and you and I could pitch someone, or someone could pitch <laughs> us. I don't know how it'll right. play out because I'm winging this a little bit. But uh, let's just start with the, the with the top five areas that someone could work in. I'm gonna okay. I'll read off read these off to you. Will you just give me a quick summary of what this overall topic means, and then I can I'll ask you some follow up questions. Yes. About each one. Okay. The, number one is pitch in person.
0: Okay, number one, this is noticing that pitching in person is critical because passion and establishing trust are generally more important than your ideas. And there's a human element, right? Because we'll even talk about bringing a wingman or a, someone that in the, into the process to help you in that moment.
1: Yeah. So passion is more important than idea. I love that one. So if you're writing notes down, that's a great way to summarize pitch in person um, because they're going to remember really how intent you were and how much you believed in it um, as much as they'll believe your ideas, if not more. Okay. The next one, control the pitch.
0: Okay. So the thought here on number two is recognizing that you, okay, not the client, not the person you're pitching, should be the one walking them through the information, the content, the material, okay? So your amazing ideas, you should always be in c- control of them. Uh, that's a brilliant
1: one, because if you lose control, then you don't really get to show your, your best foot forward. So not
0: letting them ask questions too soon and so on. I love it. The next one, pitch a story. <laughs> All right, this one's cool. Gosh, I owe so much. So much uh, I have such a debt of gratitude for people that taught me these things. The reason we pitch a story is because the client, okay, this person that you're selling, loves being immersed in a complete narrative. They want to really understand the story that you are inviting them into.
1: And that's one of those things. Stories will be remembered um, as they carry this forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they they'll be able to recite the story more easily than some of the heavy writing that you might've done inside your pitch. So um, I love leaving them with the stories, start the story. Um, next one, pitch only your favorites.
0: All right. So this is the, the notion that we don't go in and just pinch a bunch of stuff that we hopefully they pick from, right? Like the smorgasbord instead, that is a way of conveying a lack of confidence. And if you have a lack of confidence in your ideas, the client is going to lose confidence in you.
1: Love it, and this last one it's uh funny how we say it because I think we're going to contradict it a little bit
0: as we expose what it really means, but don't stop pitching right, right, right. so this last uh, number five, this is the idea that when you think you've finished the pitch, there's still more work to be done there's. Still more pitching that happens after the pitch. I'll just put it that way. Yeah.
1: So hopefully people have heard these five ideas: pitch in person, control the pitch, pitch the story, pitch only your favorites, and don't stop pitching. That we're actually teaching them how to the, the unpitch pitch. We're right. not talking about you know, what color the pitch needs to be and hire a copywriter and, you know, all this, like the details and really the work of the pitch. We're giving them the real way that people make decisions when they're listening to the pitch. So the people you're pitching to, what are they going to process and how they carry something away? And these five topics are really the easiest way to get that competitive advantage over any competitor within the room.
0: Um, I'll also, I'll also offer this context too, because it's one thing when you're pitching somebody on like, hey, uh, maybe I want a promotion or I want to pitch, you know, like, I think we should do a a company happy hour. Okay. That's one thing. It's quite another when like in our world, Tim, we have, so our clients, so these are the business owners that are going into entertainment companies, television networks, um, content companies major brands and they're pitching here's the next campaign for you know your fall lineup here's the here's the next super bowl spot so these are these are easily six or seven figure deals and so now the nuance involved in pitching the stakes are big <laughs> the stakes are really big and when you're investing thousands or tens of thousands of dollars in getting your pitch down and then you show up and you miss some of these, how to do it. You definitely look back later and say, wow, I think I should have put invested more time into paying attention to these details when there's a million dollar opportunity on the line.
1: And, and the big mistake we make when entering a room Um, ready for the pitch, is that we spend way too much time discussing why you should be in the room, like legitimizing ourselves to the group of people, telling them who we are and what we do and why we do it and blah, 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 blah. And we often tell people they've already chosen you. That's why you're in the room. Now just begin the process of exploring the ideas and what you're going to collaborate on together so you can move beyond the am I
0: legitimate, please pick me, You've already been chosen. Well, I'm dying to tell a story. Can we dive into number one? Because I've got the perfect story. Yeah, you got it. Okay, no. so number one, right? We said pitch in person because why? Because passion and trust are actually more important than your ideas. So here's the story, Tim. You remember Will Travis? Absolutely. So Will Travis was a partner at Attic, which was this amazing uh, London-based design agency. And I remember Will telling this story when he went in to pitch the NFL. So he's in New York. He goes in, he knows he's like entering the conference room as the, uh, his competitors are leaving as he goes in, (laughs) right? Classic. He's got a bunch of boards under his arm. And I think he's got one or two teammates with him and he goes in and he presents to the NFL and he's so energetic. He's so excited about this opportunity He's putting up the boards. He's walking them through the idea. And all of a sudden, time's up. He's got to go. Shuts down the room or, you know, leaves the room, goes down to the street, hops in a cab. And he says the NFL called him on his cell phone as he's driving away in the cab. And they said, quote, we don't have any idea what the hell all that was about, but you are so energized and so convincing and so thoroughly convinced you got the job (laughs) and i thought that's an interesting story granted it's extreme because of course the ideas that you're presenting and of course right all the information the details that stuff it all matters i'm not gonna sit here and tell you that doesn't matter but that's almost like your ticket into the game that gets you on the field the difference makers are things like will where they said this guy we know his reputation we know his company and clearly he is absolutely enthralled with this and understands something we just want we like whatever it is that you were selling us we want it like sign sign us up and they want to work with you right so what they're yeah. choosing they already
1: know you're capable you wouldn't be in the room you already know you can deliver your past experience gets you into the room. But when they think about the person they're going to do this project with, they want to know who that person is and will, will you collaborate well with them? And when you're passionate and you're developing trust, they believe you. And then they think you're a good partner. Even if I have to give yes. you notes, even if I have to ask questions, even if we have to change some of the direction, you're the right kind of person to be doing that with. Instead of just simply execution, I'm buying a service. I hope you get it done. I I bought a ham sandwich. It better be a good ham sandwich. We don't want to be in the exchange like that.
0: I love the way you put that because think of the pitch as the preview. What's it going to be like to work with Will and his team? You're giving them a taste of how you think, how it's going to be to collaborate, right? How you are going to overcome obstacles and all these kinds of things. So it's a, it's a taste. Um, so that, that, that's obviously valuable. And I will add this one little nuance. Many people miss this and it is this bring a wingman. Okay. Depending on the context to any good pitch, you're going to bring a wingman. Why? Because it allows you to sort of toss the ball back and forth to each other. Right? Like, okay, You take them through the introduction and then I'll take them through the first idea and then you take them to the second idea, et cetera, et cetera. But more important than just creating a rhythm is if it's only you in the room pitching, there's one – there's always going to be at least one moment when you have to toot your own horn and you're the only one doing it and it's lame. You're stuck saying, well – I think we're gonna be awesome at this and we hope you give us the job and everyone's looking at you going, oh my God. On the other hand, if you have a wingman, the wingman can say, you guys are gonna love working with Will, you NFL are lucky to have him. But Will can never say that, his wingman can say that and everyone in the room goes, yes these aren't the droids you're looking for. Right?
1: <laughs> I love the idea of a wingman. It's a, it's a great position to have in almost every conversation. So from now on, you can call me Tim the Wingman Thompson for the rest of this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Deal. All right, let's, go, let's move on to the next one. Uh, control the pitch. Because uh, we don't want the client to basically flip through all the pages, make a decision before you have a
0: chance. How do I control the pitch? Okay, so my concept, I say this, I say Picasso would never send in a PDF. Okay, so this is where I wanna give, I want everybody here to dignify your expertise and the value that you create and think of it as like, you are the prize. You are the prize. So when, in, in, in the, we'll go with the context of say, like this pitch to, a, to the NFL or something. When they say, okay, well, we look forward to seeing your ideas, you know, send us a PDF. No freaking way. And there's a way to navigate that. Of course, I'm being, I have righteous indignation in my voice right now. But you're going to be really nice and say something like, oh, um, actually, we have a policy that we always present our creative in person, meaning live. And then you just let that hang. Because guess what? They need what you have. Don't ever email a PDF. And I'm going to say ever in all capital letters right now. Don't. Don't, don't, don't. Because when you treat your ideas and your creative that cheaply, guess what? They don't, the client doesn't value it either. They're like, yeah, this is just throwaway. Here's a bunch of, you know, beautiful concepts these people came up with, like, whatever, no big deal. When you do that presentation, it's a Zoom meeting, right? Or it's in person again someday. The reason that's so important is you want to say, okay, we're here. We're all here on Zoom. I'm now going to share my screen and walk you through the, the creative, through the ideas. And we do this because one, you want to control the pace. Cause as you know, everybody likes to skip ahead and look for the price or look for the, <laughs> look at the three ideas. No, no, no. We're going to walk through this. We're going to have a conversation and I'm going to control it because I'm the expert here and you're going to follow my lead and, and just basically control the the story and the narrative and it's, it keeps you in the position as the expert and the client is responding to you and hopefully following your, your lead.
1: And I'm going to add two small little notes onto that bigger bullet point. One is if you're, if you don't feel comfortable saying that it's our policy to pitch in person, just continue that line and say, it's our policy to pitch in person. And my assistant will set up the time so that you basically moved it from a from a statement to an action item, and yeah. always have it being about how we're going to put you on the schedule. And our system will do that for you. The second little one is please practice your presentation and know what the format is. If you're on Zoom, please do something very different than if you're live in person, and practice that so that if you're going to control the conversation, do it well so that that sticks with the client. Um, if you're not going to practice it, if you don't know how to do it well, you might as well send a PDF because that might be the better better um, representation
0: of your gig than how you present and it's not doesn't do you justice. So uh, practice, practice, practice. So yesterday, Tim, in um, you know my confab, it's a weekly mastermind that I do with a bunch of business owners. We had my fr- friend friend uh, Mitch Munson come in and share with us some of his gems. And we all agreed as a group. When the client says after the presentation, okay, now can you send us a PDF? Here's a nearly interesting thought is you say, sure, we'll be happy to send you a copy of this video. We've been recording this call. Why would you do that? Because anybody that they hand just a PDF to has no context. They don't see you. They don't hear your voice. They don't get your your energy and all that. But if you share that video, it's like they get the full Monty. <laughs> right? It's the whole they get the whole show. They get all that energy. They get all that thoughtfulness that is otherwise lost. So think of that. That's great. All right,
1: next one. Pitch a story. We're talking about the stickiness part of this, right? Because the pitch you're putting forward, it's nice when the client it sticks to the client. They can relate to it because they're carrying a story, c- carry the pitch forward. W- why does a story work? W- why pitch a story? What's the What's the mechanism there that
0: works so well? Well, I think it's this, that the, we, we often want to just sort of skip ahead to like, okay, here, here's the idea, here's the solution. We want to walk you through it. And do you want to buy it? The, the, the opportunity that's lost there is if we tell a story, what we're basically saying is, hey, let's reset, let's step back and let me give you some context. And this is, some people in the room may already know this, they may not, but trust me, they're going to love it. What I used to do, we would do these big pitches for these big television network uh, rebrands, as we called them, when one network was changing its name and becoming a whole new network and new identity. And we would go in and pitch. We would start off by having all of our our pitch panels in, in our, under our under our arm. And then we would walk into a room where we had all these tax spaces shipped in. And so the room is blank. It's this giant blank canvas. And then we would say... Hey, we're so excited to be here. Here's what we're going to do. And then we would start off telling a story. And it was like, you know, a long time ago, there was a network called Discovery Channel. (laughs) Okay. You see what I'm doing? I'm laying the context. And then I start to describe the problem or the challenge or the opportunity. And then I start to reveal maybe a key insight. And this is all pulled from a creative brief. So you're not just making this crap up this is all from Mm -hmm. from a creative brief but you're telling this stuff in a story way so that as you reveal your ideas it's like the client is slowly seeing this amazing thing come to life so by the time you get to the end of your presentation their thought is oh my gosh i see it it's real it's it's there i can almost touch it i can almost smell it it's like yes this is the story we are going to go live and create together so it's it's really just presenting thing in a realizing there's a narrative arc anytime you present a pitch it's like here's where we are and then there's this desired future state and i'm going to tell the story of how we how we got here and how we're going to get there
1: um i i'm already getting questions and dm so um i know we're hitting some good points here uh but just to reset the room i am tim thompson and the voice you just heard was drill pilger we are partners at a the consultancy RevThink, where we help creative entrepreneurs thrive in business life and career and the conversation we're having today is not what to pitch but how we're walking through five bullet points easy tricks that you can bring into the pitch room and really some some uh, easy ways to make a difference in your pitch compared to your competitors um what joel I, so i have a question but maybe i'm gonna i think you might be able to answer this with the next bullet point Okay. Um, so if not, I'll bring it back uh, later on. The next bullet point is pitch only your favorites.
0: Okay, so this one is, th- and this is weird. This is nuance because it makes sense, right? Like only put forth your best ideas. But it's the idea that if you lack confidence in your ideas, the client will lose confidence in you. Oh, okay. So here's, here's first of all, let's get really practical. There's a saying that's very common in our industry that if you pitch, say, five ideas, the client's gonna pick the worst one. It's just, I don't know, we don't know what it is, but (laughs) whatever ideas that you present, be prepared for them to pick the weakest, dumbest, cheapest, whatever idea, okay? So there's a very important responsibility you have to put on yourself called, well, shame on me, I showed them the fifth idea because I was afraid they wouldn't pick one of the other four, and I just thought, why not? You know, Let's throw in a couple extra ideas. Don't do that. Here's my other story. I remember one time I was pitching to the CMO of Dish Network. And this was a national campaign. And it was like our moment in front of the CMO, right? This is big time. And this guy was tough. And I remember we walked him through idea number one. We walked him through idea number two and through idea number three. And he sits there and then he kind of looks at me and he smiles and he's He's excited, right? And then he looks at me and goes, So, Joel, which of these is your favorite? And I said, Oh, idea number one. Why is that? Well, because of this, this, this. And then his frown, and then he suddenly frowns and he says, Then why did you show me all this other bullshit? (laughs) So I love it. Yeah. And I was like, Okay, this guy's tough. Like, I hate you right now, but I love you because he was so right. My answer should have been, every one of these ideas is amazing and i'll defend every single one of them to the death okay yeah so it it, it just made me realize in that moment that i was pandering i was right. people pleasing right which one do you like oh i like this one i think it's so cool and then he's like uh eh. uh uh-uh. why did you I finish? also feel
1: like when people bring an expert into the room with them they want to know what the expert is thinking for yes. you to just say, I've given you this long menu, choose any combination of sandwich you want to, opposed to when you when you basically sit down at a, at a Michelin restaurant, the chef is saying, this is what's best right now in season. This is what you should be doing. This is what you should be eating. And here's here's the, the way the courses are laid out for you so it works the best. That's the experience they want to have when working with you. So don't just give them a 200-page deck hoping that something in there matches and they start working with you, you're giving them way too, you're using too much of their energy to decision when
0: you can make the decision for them. You are the expert well, in the room. So let's, I love that Tim, but let's raise the stakes. Imagine if you, God forbid, have brain cancer and you go to see a physician. Okay. The stakes are really high. It's called your life is on the line. And this is what pitches feel like, right? Cause careers are, or go up and or down in flames based on these, these moments. And imagine if the doctor says to you, well, I've got idea. One is surgery, blah, 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 blah. So idea two is chemotherapy. It's going to be like this, that, and the other. And then idea three is, you know, homeopathic, uh, natural, whatever. And you say, well, which, which one do you recommend? And he says, I don't know. You pick <laughs> like what you're the expert. Come on. So just, um, recognize there's an opportunity for you as the the person in that moment it is an opportunity for you to speak from your expertise and pitch your favorites and your favorites had better be your favorites for good reason
1: okay so here's the last one and then we're gonna i want to start answering some of these questions i'm getting again if you have a question that you want to throw in here too i'd love to sort out as many questions as possible and see if i can't summarize them we only have a short time to answer them, you can just click on my face, choose the message uh, format, and then follow through there and just send me a message. Happy to have that. Or if you want to join us on stage, I think you just hit the Join Us button on the on the app here. All right, last one, Joel, don't stop pitching.
0: Don't stop pitching. All right, what, what does that mean? Well, here's the thought. The thought is when you're pitching somebody, what is their worst fear? I want you to enter into their walk a mile in their shoes, enter into their reality. Their biggest fear is I'm going to screw this up, right? Like maybe I've got several people pitching me all these big ideas. And what if I pick the wrong person or what if I choose the wrong idea, right? The stakes are high. So here's my thought for you. How do you help that person? You go in, you've done your pitch, you've done the meeting and they're like, that's so great. We'll get back to you. You know, we're going to award this thing a week from Friday. Thank you. Most people go away and go, wow, okay, well, we killed it. Fingers crossed. And they wait. And I'm telling you, don't wait. And what you have to do is remember, the whole time that person is making that decision, they're sweating it. They're wondering, they're pouring over, they're reconsidering. And what are they looking for? They need reassurance. Because in sales, closing is all about reassuring, reassuring, reassuring. So how do you reassure? Well, here's one of my favorite examples. Sure, you did your meeting. You follow up a day later with, of course, the thank you and the hey. Between now and then, of course, if you have questions, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But what about this? Imagine a few days later, if you send that person a note, you reach out and you say, you know, my team and I have had a little more time to reflect on some of the things that you said in the meeting and something you said was so insightful, we have something else we want to share with you before you make your decision. Now, this can be a little bit manipulative. That's just
1: cheating. I know. You can't call a client before they call you. Come on. (laughs) That's cheating. (laughs)
0: Right. So this is you asserting your expertise. Now, granted, I don't want anyone to get overly manipulative with, with this because you can, of course, right? Yeah, of course, to your advantage. But I want it to be genuine because I want you to be genuinely thinking about what it was you presented. How was it received? What was the feedback? Right. Because you're going to come back and basically say, you know what? Our three ideas we presented were great. And I know that you love number one and I love number one, but we also have this other thought based on what you said this is how you reassure and you basically keep pitching right up until the deadline of when they have to award and i'll I'll just tell you like what i've seen happen over and over again are the people that do the masterful pitch and then sit back and relax and wait lose because Mm -hmm. if you're because if you don't have the inside track Okay, this is what Blair Enns calls it. He calls it gain the inside track. The inside track is you're talking to the client all the time. All the time. You never just let go and sit back and wait. Okay, Because you know what? Somebody has the inside track and they're going to win. So if that's not you, you're losing.
1: Yeah, yeah. you brought Blair Enns. If, if you don't know Blair, his uh, organization and book is called Win Without Pitching. And Obviously, the the idea that we have here is like how to pitch uh, and his of win without pitching, we really uh, coexist well together because we're talking about the ideas beyond the pitch that help you get that advantage. One of the things we've seen, Joel, is the person that pitches last often has an advantage because they're the one that was in the room last, easier to remember, and that lets the others fade away. And this last bullet point, don't stop pitching, is really the thought – Go beyond the pitch into a conversation. Don't be afraid while in, in the, the pitch to say, you know, that's, a, that's some really good feedback. Thank you. Uh, let us put some thoughts together and we'll call you again tomorrow and keep yep. the conversation going. And you're really saying to the client, delay making a choice until we've had a chance to follow up with you. Um, that's not manipulation. That is our, that's engagement. And you began an engagement before the choice is made. It's it's always a great opportunity to win beyond the pitch or without pitching. So um, yeah,
0: the the, the overall principle right in sales is that keep the conversation going. So trickle out, keep the dialogue going, do the check-ins. I have something else. I have a thought for you. Keep the conversation alive because this is where the client is going to be giving you feedback. They're going to be assessing, reevaluating, all this sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, great, great stuff. Well, what, um, you want to get into some questions?
1: I do. I have the first question and this is a great one. I think this was a follow-up probably from uh, number two, control the pitch. Uh, it's from Rebecca and she says, what if the client has questions about any of the ideas you pitched? And I'll say, I think if you're trying to control, the conversation and the client starts throwing questions at you, what should you do practically do? Um, do you tell the client, I'll get to that later. Do you answer the questions as they go?
0: Well, I love, I I love overall this concept of, uh, we all prefer a conversation to a presentation, right? So in, I, I would generally set the context when you start a pitch to basically tell somebody, you can even just say it, tell the room, like, hey, I know this looks like we're presenting, but this is not a presentation, it's a conversation. And then once you get into that first idea, you say, Of course, I'm gonna I welcome ideas, questions, feedback as we go along. So I would do a check-in. I would I would do regular check-ins, meaning I'm gonna present idea number one and then I'll check in with everyone. So you do that. You deliver idea number one, and then you say, Let me check in with everyone. I wanna make sure you're understanding, you're tracking with me, you have any questions, you have any thoughts. So you're actually inviting the questions. So it's not like you're being challenged. You kind of know, well, of course, there's going to be questions. So you're you're not throwing me. I'm ready for them. And then I would, of course, discuss them in real time. But always be ready to say, that's a really good question. I don't know. And why would we do that, Tim? Because the next statement out of your mouth is, let me get with my team and get back to you. And what did I yeah. do? I just created an opportunity to keep the conversation going. It's actually to your advantage to not have all the answers.
1: Yeah. So really, number two, in controlling the pitch, and be able to to be somewhat transparent and of saying that's some uh, really good thoughts on that idea. Let us explore that and get back to you. It really goes to the strength of number five. You know, don't stop pitching. Right. Um, great opportunity to spin that around. I, I love that. Um. All right, so the next one, I think Damien is getting into some weeds here, but I don't don't mind this question because I think this goes to um, some of the idea of pitch pitch a story. Um, Damien says, hey, Joel, Tim, thanks again for having a conversation. Uh, I've heard some of this on your podcast with Chris Doe, so obviously Damien is kind of listening to us somewhere. He says, when presenting in a pitch, do I do a reel or not do a reel? And I think uh, we'll get we to the idea of reel here of like, do I, do I show examples of the work? In, if I'm doing motion, I'm going to guess here, I'd show some samples of the motion design. Kind of maybe the question is, is how, how far do I go with my idea concept um, in, in the
0: pitch? Yeah. I, I don't know that I have a hard and fast answer because I think the answer is it depends but I will just say this I would generally say no I don't think you would include it because I almost would say it's a prerequisite that the client has vetted you and they've seen your showreel or your portfolio before right even before there's an invitation to pitch much less we're in now in the pitch meeting everybody in that room had better seen had better have checked you out and vetted you and looked at your portfolio by then. Because if that's the first moment you're showing your portfolio, you're late. Like they're they're out of sync. So I would probably recommend creating an expectation called, hey, in preparation for our meeting, please make sure everyone on your team, all your stakeholders have done A, B, and C, right? And one of those things would be to review our portfolio, et cetera, because we don't want to waste anyone's time that meeting is all about this opportunity, this moment to have this conversation. So that that's probably my, my recommendation. And if, and if, when you get to that meeting, remember, make sure that you have laid the, down the rules, right? So you would start the meeting and be like, okay, great. Um, so everyone here had an opportunity to review our portfolio and I can see everyone that we requested be present Is present. Oh, that's a big one. Okay, if that's not the case, you just very calmly and nicely say, let's reschedule. Oh, the decision maker isn't here. Okay, uh, no worries. We can do it next Thursday or next Monday. No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. We'll, no, 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 no. Yeah.
1: And, and uh, again, you might want to practice that response so that you could roll it out in a way that's logical and doesn't seem like you're being really a holdout or a jerk. Right. But have the thought of, hey, I think where we're about to go with this, it has some big ideas, and I think it's good to have all the placeholders, other stakeholders in the room with us. How, how should you can even ask them how should this be handled? So you're addressing it proactively and engaging this client group with you of like, how, how are you expecting me to navigate something without the stakeholders in the room? Yeah. Um, and make them kind of steal, like step up to that responsibility that you're, that they would, they're basically owning. Um, you don't want to be put off and, and you don't want your hard work to just be thrown away too because someone didn't have the time to do it. Um, and I think I this question too, Joel. So this probably goes back to maybe the pitch in person um, uh, idea. But, uh, this one's from Marcelo. Marcelo says he's saying thanks for the, um, the rev thinking podcast, but I'm going to skip some of the nice things he said. I'll share it with you later. The <laughs> question he's saying is, is the client doesn't know me personally. What's the best way to introduce myself? Or I'll say maybe if the client doesn't know me personally, what's the best way to introduce myself? Cause we were kind of saying earlier, Hey, um, You know, don't waste too much time if they already know you, you know, kind
0: of, it's about the pitch, not about your capabilities presentation. Gosh, that's a good one. And that is tricky because what often happens, right, is we have a pitch meeting and the decision maker, let's say it's a, you know, a CMO or a senior vice president that we've never met because we're working with the, the people underneath that person that's in that authority. And then all of a sudden we're thrust into this moment where, okay, now I'm on Zoom and there's somebody I've never met and I'm suddenly pitching to them, it can be a little weird, right? First of all, I would say you have to, you have to rehearse. yeah of course, have to have come from a place of supreme confidence because really when you're pitching, that's really what you're selling more than anything is, is confidence, of course. I'll say this, something that I recommend in like capabilities presentations. So I'm going to think out a lot here, Tim. So you, you tell me what you think of this. One thing I like to do in capabilities presentations is encourage people to expect everyone present to introduce themselves. And I even let make a little bit of a game out of it to where I would be like, hey, everybody, really glad you're here. Let's do introductions. I'm going to ask everybody here to just briefly introduce yourself. And I want you to s- tell me something about the person on your right you know, yeah. why, You know how they've saved your bacon more than once or something. And I'll start. My name is Joel. I'm here, blah, 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 blah. Okay, Jimmy, you go next, and then Susie, and then so on. What you're doing is you're basically saying, you know what, everyone? I'm showing up. I'm expecting you to show up. And it's, it's that moment where you're basically asking the person, are you willing to put skin in this game with me? Are you willing to expose yourself and be momentarily vulnerable for a trivial 20 seconds. And it's setting an expectation of, I am not your servant. I am the prize. So let's see if we're fit. Let's begin.
1: I I love that too, because you're also breaking the ice.
0: Yeah.
1: And you're not making any assumptions. This sounds kind of funny, but you're making assumptions that everyone knows each other and how they like their bacon anyway. You know what I mean? Like there's something where you get a buy-in very on a personal basis, but you can, inter- you can get yourself in the room and who you are, even show some of your personality and character by the type of question you a- ask and the answer you have for it. Yeah. So that's really a great idea. It also might allow somebody to s- stop you right there and say, hey, Joel, would you mind just, telling us again, what, what your company name is, then they're not going to say something that basic, but they they might be able to ask you a question of clarifying and you've
0: invited that in up front, which would be very valuable before they get into the pitch. So um, well, also keep in mind, okay. When that CMO and that marketing manager, right. And that design director, when they introduce themselves and they tell you that little thing, like just, you know, tell us what's the most delicious thing you ate today or what's the, what's the, you know, <clears throat> what did, what did your kids say to you this morning when they woke you up or whatever that thing is, you're getting ammo. Like you're asking for that little moment of humanity. And I would use that information later in the presentation. Cause I'm going to refer to the CMO. Hey, Samantha, this is kind of like you, you know, this is probably more up your alley. Because you said you have three kids, right? Yeah. So this, see how I'm going to use that as to, to create engagement and connection.
1: That's I love it. Hey, say, Joel, I have one more question right now in the queue. So this is a good chance to say, to people, hey, if you have additional questions or would like to join us on stage, um, we would be happy to have you. Also, uh, I think Lewis is also joining us on stage. We can uh, punt over to him. So. Awesome. Let's do that and then we can um, come back. Hey, Lewis.
0: Hey there. Uh, thanks for the, for the call tonight. A lot of great information. I'm sorry, I just I jumped on a little late. Um, but the the engagement question um, can you guys just repeat that one more time? Or I'm not sure, just respect everybody's time. I'm not sure if this call is recorded. Just wanted to hear that one more time. As far as I know, it is recorded. Um, so I oh, think thanks. the Fishbowl people will be publishing that. But um, I'm not sure which question you're asking about tim do you know what, what lewis is asking i i think it's the pitch in person yeah the trust. one you just went over tim right now um yeah, the yeah. pitch if you're unfamiliar with um, the stakeholders in the room yeah uh, building a, rapport with them immediately
1: uh, passion and trust are more important than the ideas i think there's the what we were uh, alluding to is sometimes w- when we initiated a meeting where we said hey when you pitch in person it's it's has a stickier element to it because what comes across is your your passion um, and the trust of your ideas. And the client can get a hold of that more than just the idea itself. And, and Joel told a story about someone that did that. Um, when the last question was asked, it was the idea of like, yeah, but what if they don't know you? Is it OK to kind of just break the ice instead of make the assumption that uh, I can walk in there and just be a very passionate person, maybe set your character sooner than later and allow for that personality thing to stick in very different ways than just dive right into a presentation you know go go through all your bullet points and never really leave some kind of residue of your personality behind um i think that's what our encouragement is uh because too much of us want to put the the own onus of the decision on one of the greatest ideas like there's a you know a a super awesome egg golden egg that you're going to find and you're just going to navigate someone through the ideas and they're going to find it. We want them to know who you are and what you're really about um, and get that trust up front.
0: Um, Yeah. I would say the, just by way of reminder, it's a preview. Your presentation is a preview of what it's like to work with Lewis. What's it going to be like? How does he think? How does he respond? How does he collaborate? You know, does he think out loud? Is he quick on his feet or is he a, go away and think about it. Like all oh, that, it's just a preview. So that's, um, that's totally in, in addition to whatever the ideas or the creative that you're presenting. Got it.
1: Thanks, Joel. Thanks, Tim. Of
0: course you got it. Hey,
1: Joel. So this last question I think is interesting because I hear this when I coach people through show launcher, which is a pitching for television shows and how to put your pitch together for TV shows. Um, and the question is, Is should I have backup ideas for the pitch? <laughs> um, and what we talk about in, when pitching a TV show, we in, in an easy way, we kind of want to say, yes, have backup ideas. But, of course, you don't have backup ideas, right? That would go against pitching only your favorites. Right. What we want to be able to say is know how to pivot. So how do you listen to that client and what their feedback is and then take the idea you have and pivot it toward – the, the information conversation questions the client is asking so that that idea does fit into their realm but not like oh well, I just happen to have a fourth idea that I didn't bring to the table throw it at somebody um you, that would be a little
0: awkward that like you didn't share all the ideas up front yeah i i'm just thinking of that moment when the client says well you know i'm i'm not sure that's going to work have you thought about and then they throw something at you that's a total curveball and I think it's a great opportunity to say, oh, wait, I, that's really interesting. Okay, so this is me stalling, actually. <laughs> you would right. say, say, that's really interesting. What's behind that, right? Like, tell me more. What's your, what's your thought behind that? And just let it be an actual engaging conversation because, let's face it, if that client has a legitimate concern or an opportunity that's been, that's apparently being missed, that is your opportunity to absolutely shine in that moment and show, are you open? Are you receptive to new information? Are you going to be able to pivot in the midst of the project? Because if you're not pivoting now, it ain't going to happen, you know, when it's the 11th hour and all of a sudden the CEO says, I don't like the, <laughs> right. I don't like the talent we chose for this spot. Okay. Like, we we got to show our ability to, on the one hand, show up prepared, and we've got great ideas, but there's also a dynamic element of, yes, I'm receptive to pivoting, and let's riff right here, right now. Tell me more. Yeah.
1: It's a beginning to exploration. I, I love that. Joel, we are on stage with one of my favorite people on the planet, Taylor Connor. He, is, <laughs> he is sitting here. Can Hi, Taylor. Me? Hi! <laughs> oh my gosh, I this was just I saw it on LinkedIn and I was like, "What the heck? Let's try this thing." I love Welcome, it. Taylor. <laughs> well, we're gonna put you on the hot seat and pitch to you if you. Oh, no. uh... <laughs> Taylor, it's good to hear your voice. It's great, Taylor to see, is, yeah, hear uh, you. Taylor is right. an amazing animator and has <laughs> incredible ideas in the in the content space. So uh, I'm a fan of Taylor's as well. Um, Joel, so let me uh, let me go to an, another a question that we have because we just have five minutes left and maybe this maybe the best way to ask this question is to have you do a quasi pitch (laughs) Um, so people can kind of hear it we're going to kind of you know you have to summarize it quickly because you have a very small time but i want to hear how you would put this idea across joel pitch your favorite donut tell me why i should eat the donut your favorite donut flavor over what i might or might not appreciate about um the donut flavors that I already eat. Hmm. So uh, I'll, I'll say like, I the, the question I have is somewhere in the pitch the story uh, yes. area and yes. uh, pitch yes. one of your favorites area. So we'll give you, I'll set you up of like pitching your favorite
0: donut. Okay. So I, here's how I might approach it. I might say that every day I've noticed that there is an opportunity to celebrate little moments it's the idea of stop and smell the flowers and knowing you tim have similar values and priorities like that's why we're here because we believe the same things and we're trying to figure out how to tackle this challenge as potential co-conspirators right are we a fit so here's my thing i've noticed that In life, there's these special, magical little moments. And sometimes it's as simple as stopping and having a bite. That is this (laughs) magical little moment, right? And here's what I know. It's not necessarily a one-size-fits-all. There's a time and a place for my favorite, which I'm going to call the eclair. Now I know you're thinking, wait a minute, that's not a donut, there's no hole in an eclair. But I'm gonna tell you that the eclair is special because it's this classic French delicacy that was invented by the masters. And if you have this opportunity to enjoy this thing, trust me, it's gonna change your life. But that's for a special moment. That's probably for the, the, the end of your date with your spouse, at the end of an amazing meal on Friday night, but, but Tim, there's another moment I'm thinking about because there's another moment where you're with your kid. So in my case, I have a daughter and I can remember where on certain Sundays my wife would be sleeping in and my daughter and I, we would be like, Hey, let's watch a movie. What are we going to watch? And I would say, well, first we got to get a treat for the movie. And so what would we do? We would go and get our Krispy Kreme donut. Why? Because it was hot. It was fresh. It was the expression of the moment of me and my daughter having this incredibly decadent, indulgent moment. And we're going to bring those hot piping fresh, my piping hot fresh donuts back. And we're going to watch the next Oscar award winning movie that's on our list of things to enjoy. That's perfect.
1: You could, I hope everyone heard just how when Joel was talking about this moment with his daughter, how he set it up to hear that, that you could hear what it meant to him and then how that could resonate with you in your life. You can imagine yourself being there, understanding how important it can be. And something as simple as just sneaking out and getting a donut before watching a movie is all just a big setup. Um I think that pitching the story, uh, pitch with a story, has that element to it, and that's why we want to include the stories. In, in, in reality, so so much of the storytelling is part of life, and it creates this relationship, I might learn something about you, know something deeper about these ideas, and kind of get to the idea of where it comes from, deep inside, and that passion, and many of the
0: items yeah. that we um, put out here can all be wrapped up into a story, so. Uh, well, remember. The cool thing about when you tell a story is no one can tell you you're wrong. They can tell you it's not relevant, but they'll never tell you that's not true.
1: Yeah. Well, the reason I actually pitched a donut was is, uh, the person was asking me, really, like, should, the, should we be pitching only business side stories? So, like, past clients is okay to bring up old clients and that kind of stuff. And I made you go personal by asking <laughs> about the donut. Cause I think that uh, it's okay to b- make it personal and you don't have to just go like, well, oh, I worked with this company and then your competitor, I worked with them. And those are really case studies and not stories. And I think we want to know the difference between it. Um, again, presenting capability presentation and then doing a pitch are different. And are you capable of doing it? They already know you're capable, you're in the room. The pitches, how do these ideas stick and resonate? Um, longer inside the, the
0: mind. So when they're making the choice, they're choosing you. Well, when you're, when you're ready to go to the next level to everyone here, practice vulnerability, go learn from Brene Brown and learn how to go and deliver a pitch and authentically express emotion. That is totally true. And if it brings a tear to your eye while you're doing it, if it's absolutely genuine, unauthentic, you will have made an incredible Connection And those people will never forget it, right? What's the Maya Angelou quote? People will forget what they said. We'll never They'll never forget how we made them feel.
1: That's exactly right. Hey, no, we have a heart out. But before we wrap this thing up, my name is Tim Thompson. You've been listening to Joel Pilger. Joel kind of took this piece out of his Jumpstart class, which is a class for people that are looking to grow and advance in their um, creative career and grow their production company, production house whatever that is uh you address many items beyond pitching and jumpstart joel production positioning for your company the marketing of it the outreach um Mm. sales and
0: sales and sales (laughs)
1: lots about sales how to win the sale and get in or whatever if you want to hear more be part of our conversation you are more than welcome we love you listening to our podcast rev thinking Be part of our Rev community, um, which is at community.revthink.com. And our website, revthink.com, has all this information on there. Uh, We'd love to hear more from you, answer more questions. We are open books, as you can tell. So we're happy to be part of anything you have going on. Um, Joel, if someone wants to get a
0: hold of you, what's an easy way to get a hold of you? Probably just Google me, all right? Like, Find me on LinkedIn or Instagram. Joel Pilger, all one word, is the the handle and yeah thanks everybody for being here i really appreciate the really cool questions and tim thanks for being the the awesome mc yeah sure slash wingman don't forget yeah, it's wingman right. thompson that's what we're about <laughs> here uh, you
1: thank you very much becky for helping us get this thing started and making it happen uh i believe carla's been helping us as well and then of course rochelle who's put this stuff together we love being part of uh fishbowl and if you have any other ideas of things you can cover we would uh throw it out we will be available on fishbowl in the near future so look forward to it joel have a wonderful evening i know you're going out with some friends so enjoy your time and uh, again everyone that joined us today we appreciate you being here thank you so much see you
0: on fishbowl again soon everyone Thanks. thanks bye You've been listening to the RevThinking podcast. For more information on upcoming accelerators, events, or
1: to learn how RevThink advises creative entrepreneurs like you, connect with us at RevThink.com.